0: Welcome to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. I'm your host Mark Sievercrop, and I am just like you. I'm busy with work, family, kids, church and a million other responsibilities. And honestly, some days I miss my personal scripture study and prayers. And some days we as a family miss our scripture study and prayer. But I'm trying. So if you're not perfect in living the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, but you're trying, we'll get along great and this is the place for you. 5 days a week I'll share a brief episode often based on the come follow me curriculum for that week that I'm using to have daily conversations with my kids whether we're on our way to school or on our way home or if it's real quick before dinner and you're welcome to use them to do the same with your family or your personal study. Just know that the views and opinions I share are mine alone and do not represent the official doctrine and viewpoint of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now let's jump right in with today's episode.
1: All right, welcome to the Everyday Conversion Podcast. This is episode 121. And first off, I hope you had, if you're in the United States, a wonderful Thanksgiving uh, long weekend. Um, I hope you got to enjoy some time with some family and think about what you're grateful for, what you appreciate, and then begin transitioning into the Christmas season. I, on the other hand, was sick on Thanksgiving. So, you know, I I woke up Thanksgiving morning, um, I didn't sleep very well, uh, but I woke up and I wasn't feeling terribly. So I started writing down my list of 10 doctrines and, uh, teachings of the church that I was grateful for. And then I was going to write down also 10 scriptures that I liked. And I was going to record an episode and share those with you on Thanksgiving. Um, and the longer I sat, uh, studying, the more I just felt really terrible. And I ended up putting my, putting my book down, my scriptures down and laying on the couch. And I did that from about 630 until the next morning, about 630. So, uh, I apologize for not getting that, that, um, that episode to you. I really was intending on doing it. Um, but I got to spend it on the couch instead. And my family got to enjoy Thanksgiving, uh, without me at, at our family's house. So that's that 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 happens sometimes, and for me, it's the second year in a row that it's happened that I've been sick on Thanksgiving. So um, it is what it is. I'm feeling better now, um, but it was a little bit not fun for a while there. All right. So today, this week, we're in First uh, John, Second John, Third John, and Jude, and there is a really cool thing that I'm excited to talk about in Jude. I think it's in Jude. Yep, uh, but we'll get to that later. We'll talk about that later this week. Um, it's something I, I picked up on my mission and I noticed, and I was like, "What the heck does that mean?" And I finally found a quote from uh, I think Elder McConkie that describes what it's about. So we'll get to that. I promise that'll be one of the episodes this week. Okay. So first John, I read chapters one and two this morning, and I really, really enjoyed them. And one of the things I realized was, you know, this is following in the veins of James's uh, epistle. And this idea of the importance of living a Christ-like life, not just proclaiming a Christ-saved life. And, um, you know, it's, as I was thinking about it, I realized, you know, all of these epistles are the apostles frantically trying to keep the church together. You know, they're, they're spread out. Um, it's hard to communicate with them. It's only by letter. It's a long time to travel between the churches. Um, you know, they're trying to deal with, you know, people bringing in their old beliefs uh, from you know Hebrew times, from from Old Testament times, people who are uh, Gentiles who uh, have pagan beliefs, you know, maybe worshipped other gods and everything, and so they're trying to keep the church together, and that's what Paul and James and Peter and John they are all trying to do with these letters—is keep the church together, and and I, I find it interesting, and, and it makes sense that the focus of James especially, and John especially, and, and Paul uh, and Peter certainly to an extent as well that they focused on the importance of living a Christ-like life, not just proclaiming a Christ-saved life. And, you know, chapter one of John, uh, I, the thing I love about it is John makes it very clear. And I, I never noticed the scripture before, uh, but in verse five, he says, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you. When I read that, I said, Ooh, I should pay attention. <laughs> I should, I should perk up and listen to what this message is because John, you know, greets them and then he says, Look, this is this is the message that we're supposed to share with you. And I'm like, Well, I better listen to see what that message is. And he says that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And then he goes into this idea of, of needing to walk in the light. And he says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not tell it, do not do not the truth. But if we walk in the light and he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. And, you know, it's it's that idea. So the message to me was, um, you know, God is light. And if we want to be with him, we must also gravitate towards light. You know, we can't be light all the time. You know, Um, God is light. You know, he, all good emits from him, all light emits from him. But For us, we need to be striving to be light as much as possible. And when we aren't able to be light, to be perfect, we need to be gravitating towards it. We need to be moving towards it. Which it reminds me of of something that that I always remember. I think I I read it in Believing Christ, um, or I got the idea from Believing Christ. I don't know that that Stephen Robinson says this specific thing. And I'll put the link to that in the show notes. And every day. everydayconversion.com forward slash one, two, one, the link to that book. It's a great book. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it, but just this idea of, you know, it's not, it's not important where we are on the path. It's important which way we're facing. Um, and that's why I say gravitating towards the light. You know, are we, are we moving towards the light? Or are we moving away from the light? You know, are we drawn to light or are we drawn to darkness? Which way are we facing? What, how is, how is our life oriented? Um, and that's that's the most important thing. That's really what what John's talking about. And then I also found it interesting that John spends. Let's see, verse chapter one is ten verses long, and he spends I think two, let's see, three of those just just a few verses talking about um, kind of the negative side of it. Um, you know, so he says in verse six, if we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Verse 8 says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And then verse 10, it says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. But the majority of the chapter is talking about the positive side of being light, of walking in the light, of of, of uh, having fellowship with one another in the blood of the Savior, the, you know um, being forgiven of our sins. And I thought it was interesting because when I was when I, when I was growing up, I was raised Lutheran, and First John one eight is a I don't know that's the most quoted scripture, uh, but it's in the church that I grew up in. It's one that I had heard a million times. It was quoted I think weekly in in the church services. You know, if we say if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us, and that's true. But it's also the negative side of it. You know, on either side of that verse are these wonderfully uh, positive and encouraging and, um, you know, pulling us towards the Savior verses. You know, verse 7, if we walk in the light and he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. And then verse 9, on the other side of verse 8, says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I just thought it was interesting. It's this interesting dichotomy. You know, John goes back and forth between the positive and the negative, and it's so easy for us to start focusing on the negative and saying, ah, oh, you know, if, if we if we don't recognize our sins, then you know we're terrible people and we we deceive our own selves and we lie to God. And um, but on the other side of it, it's like, look, when we confess, when we repent, when we use the atonement, look at the wonderful things that can happen. I think sometimes we need to be reminded of that in our own lives. That yes, we make mistakes, but but how wonderful is it that we can be forgiven of those mistakes? That we can uh, be cleansed of our mistakes? So then we jump into chapter two. And chapter two uh, continues on the same vein. Um, You know, John starts talking about abiding in Christ. Uh, Verse six says, He that saith, He abideth in Him. Ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Um, you know, so he's, he's again saying, look, you know, if you say you abide in Christ, if you if you proclaim a Christ-saved life, then you should walk a Christ-like walk. And then, I never noticed this before, but in verse 17, 1 John chapter 2, verse 17, uh, the the phrasing is is very similar to Matthew chapter seven, the Sermon on the Mount. So, First uh, John two seventeen says, "And the world passeth and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof; but he that doeth the will of the of God abideth forever." And then, if you jump back here to Matthew seven, let me get to my scriptures here. Matthew 7, 21 says, not everyone that saith to, unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. So Christ said, you know, only those that doeth the will will enter into the kingdom of heaven. And in, in uh, 1 John, it says, those that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So they remain with him forever. I thought that was interesting as well. Um, Let's see. What was the other thing I noticed in In chapter two, that I really liked. Oh, uh, verse twenty-eight says, "And now, little children, abide in Him." So there's that idea of abiding again. Um, Abide in Him that when He shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. And when I read that, it immediately made me think. And it's one of those where I'm like, man, I'm surprised that's not a, a footnote. You know, one of the footnotes because it wouldn't make sense for it to be a footnote to reference to another scripture. So I have to make footnotes of my own. Um, And the footnote I made was Doctrine and Covenants 121 verse 45, where it says in part, let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. Then shall thy confidence wax strong in the presence of God. Um, So just this idea that we can have confidence and not be ashamed when we see the savior and how, you know, sometimes, that seems so hard to do, you know. I, I know I struggle with that. It's like, man, I can't imagine that I wouldn't be terrified and you know be afraid that I had I had not done everything I could and I wasn't perfect when I stood in the presence of the Savior. But here in First John, as well in um, section one twenty one, and also if you look in Hebrews four sixteen, here let's jump back to that one real quick. That's another reference I had to write in. Uh, because it's not in there already, and people put the scriptures together and they missed a bunch of references. I'm sure there's a reason. Uh, Four sixteen says, "Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need." Need. So this idea of boldness and confidence, and that's something I struggle with. You know, I really struggle with this idea that I could uh, you know approach the Savior and be confident. Um, and I think that's a mindset thing. You know, because I think, I don't think we need to actually, know we don't need to be perfect to approach the savior with confidence, but we need to be doing all we can. Um, I remember when I, when I first got my temple recommend, when I was getting ready to go to, to receive my endowments before my mission, I, I went to, to do my temple recommend interview with the stake president. And it worked really well because my real good friend in high school, his dad was the stake president. So I went to his house. He was, uh, he was visiting uh, one of the wards in our stake. And so I hung out with my friend until his dad got home and I said, "Hey president, I need a temple recommend interview." So he brought me into his office in his house and we did the temple recommend interview there. And that was the when he asked me the last question in the temple recommend um interview at that time, which is, you know, something to the extent of um, you know, do you consider yourself worthy to enter the Lord's house and participate in temple ordinances? I hesitated and I said, "I, I don't I don't know. I don't I, I mean, no, I don't know. And he stopped and he said, if you have answered all the other questions right and you have, then you are worthy and you can you can confidently say that. And so I think it's you know with this idea of of, of we can have confidence and not be ashamed to before him, you know I've always since that time used the temple recommend interview process as kind of my barometer of, of how I'm doing. you know because you know as we know when we enter the temple, uh, it's the Lord's house. And we know that as we go through the endowment, we are are figuratively entering into his presence. And the the threshold that is set for that is the temple recommend and the temple recommend process. So by being able to confidently say that you're living those standards, um, then I believe that we can be confident and 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 be able to believe that we could enter. Um, the presence of the Lord confidently, and and know that we're doing everything we can. Are we perfect? No. Do we have work to do? Absolutely. You know, do we need to continue striving to be more Christ-like? Absolutely. But that's the threshold that the Lord has set to enter His house and enter His presence. And so, if we're doing that, we can be confident. You know, we can, as it says in First John, uh, when He shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. And that has been a huge comfort to me knowing that there's a level a, a a standard that has been set not that i can rest my laurels on afterwards but a standard that's been set if i'm doing that i'm on the right track i'm making progress i'm i'm where i need to be and i can continue to be better and you know that comes back to everything we've talked about today and you know this idea of you know the importance of living a Christ like life not just proclaiming a Christ-saved life. So you can get all the links to everything we talked about today, um, all all those scriptures, as well as uh, Stephen Robinson's book, Believe in Christ, at everydayconversion.com forward slash 121. And make sure you're watching the Facebook page. If you're not following me, following Everyday Conversion on Facebook, do that because I'm going to be starting doing um, daily Facebook Lives, um, at least through the week, probably not the weekend. Uh, sharing tips on study uh, and how to how to study more uh, uh, more effectively um, in your study. So uh, make sure you're watching that, and, and we will see you in episode 122.
0: All right, that's it for today. Now, I know, I know you want to hang out with me longer, but we both have a ton of things to do today, including living the gospel and trying to be like Jesus. Cue primary children singing. I'm us. <laughs> But hey, if you want to get the links to everything we talked about today, you can find it on the episodes page of everydayconversion.com. You can also do cool stuff like subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listing platform, sign up for email notifications of new episodes, and connect with us on social media there. It's kind of like a virtual church library without the militant librarians or a piece of paper to sign out your three tiny pieces of chalk for your lesson. Also, just remember, I do my best to make sure my opinions are in line with official church doctrine, but they are just that. They're my opinions. For official doctrine and viewpoints, I recommend you go to churchofjesuschrist.org or comeuntochrist.org.